Well, hey there, Mark. Hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? Um, after almost dying for like two straight weeks, I'm feeling pretty good, man. Yeah, you, you on the mend? I, I'm on the mend. Yeah, I, I got uh, rather sick, and I feel like I haven't talked to you for a, a hot minute here, and that is very, very depressing. Yeah, it's... I miss you, buddy. I totally miss you all the time. I missed you too, man. Uh, but, you know, uh, you, you and I, we're just going to have to pal around. We're going to have to get together in person again soon. I got this really, really good cornbread recipe, but you got to, like, render the lard yourself. Oh, yeah? It's, uh, it's yeah, it's it's going to be really good, man. I mean, it's cast iron, you just cornbread, lard, you know. It, it's, I, I got it from a guy, and he just kept repeating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It was basically, uh, let the grid go down because I kill what I eat and I poop in an outhouse. And I'm like, okay, man, that's cool. Like, I enjoy the, the modern plumbing, but you you do you, man. You do you. <laughs> yeah, you know, have fun with it. Like, at least he's owning it, right? That's that's something. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, he did give me these really weird looks, though, because I had my dog there, and he just kept looking at him like he was just going to eat him. And I'm like, well, dude, leave my, leave my dog alone. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Dangle Podcast, everybody. Yes, welcome to the Dangle Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic by Mike Judge, King of the Hill, and we talk about its good points and its bad points and its highs and lows, and then we slap it with our patented rating system. Anyway, you want to dive on into this one, buddy? I think we should. Uh, we are at episode 70 uh, Hillenium, original air date, December 19th, 1999. Uh, I do find it kind of cool that this episode came out just before the millennium. Like, it literally yeah. came out right before the 2000 switch. Um, I don't know if that was intentional. I have to assume it was. But, like, the, the fact that it actually lined up and they got it out in time, mm-hmm. good on you. Good on you, mm-hmm. 1990s animators. I have a note about that, and we'll get into a little bit with the next episode, but I think that they okay. made this one, like a way long time before this, and they just dumped it here. But we'll kind of get into that a little bit more with the next one, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, we'll so get there when writer... we get there, but... Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, our writer for this episode is one Johnny Hardwick, Mark. Okay. And where did we last see Mr. Johnny Hardwick? What did he last write for us? Um, Three Coaches and a Bobby was his last one, and he doesn't have too much more here. Okay. I think he's only he's only got two more episodes to go with us. Uh, but now who's the dummy is hilarious, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So our cast of characters for Hillenium are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Buck Strickland, a non-speaking role for one Dibigrund. Uh We have uh, Joe Jack. A voice cameo from Khan in the background, and we have the introduction of Chappie. And I think this is the only time we see Chappie, right? Uh, yeah, this is like a one and done. I want to say, I, I don't think he pops back up, and it, there's opportunities for him too. I would not be surprised if I saw Chappie in the background of the gun club, but who knows? Um, yeah. Maybe that was just too low-hanging fruit. That that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, let's uh, let's get into it. You got any notes for me? Um, I have several notes. Yeah, so, um, number one, um, I love, like, just the very, the first thing out of the gate, Boomhauer's, um, doing, oh, help me out, who's fatty? Um, oh, God, I'm bad today, Johnny. The fat guy, Marlon Brando, the horror. The horror. Oh, yeah, he's doing Apocalypse Now. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that, I love that, and then it made me remember, and then, you know, I got to be reminded of Tenacious D doing the horror. The horror, are you... Are you fucking Brando? Yeah, dude. Not now. It's inappropriate. Yeah. And made me giggle. Oh, yeah. I don't... <laughs> um, They gave Nancy a down blouse shot. I'm just pointing it out. I don't... It's just a thing. It's a thing that I noticed it, when she's cool. trying to talk to Dale. And it's... So, okay, here's my, de- here's my deal. This is why I'm mentioning it. Because they're treating all of these characters like they're actual living flesh and blood actors. And I think that's a neat thing. We have, like, yeah. an angled shot of Nancy looking at her boobs. But it's like, you would have that if she was, like, an actual person actor. And I, I like that. Not, uh-huh. not that I'm, like, excited to see Nancy boob, because I don't care. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think and this Mrs. is where... Mrs. Gribble. <laughs> Mrs. Gribble. 
I think maybe this is the first episode where we're going to see Peggy having a little bit of memory loss from the uh, falling out of the plane. And I don't remember why I wrote that because I watched this episode last week, but keep an eye on it because I think this is where she starts to kind of get a little bit wonky. Johnny, I have a new name for the High Hammock Studio. It is no longer High Hammock Studio. It is now my think hole. I also have that this is just great. This is a great episode and a return of Dale's ski mask. Yes. Yeah, his balaclava is back, and we do not see that enough. No. We haven't seen it since his... we haven't seen that since his I can show you how to make a bomb out of a stick of dynamite and a toilet paper roll. Snow job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just have the note a couple times. This episode is great. How about you? You got any weird notes for me? Uh, I do. So this is the second mention of Y2K in Mike Judge Cannon. Mm-hmm. So that makes me laugh uh, because the absolute like best Mike Judge property of all time, like the one that literally everybody in the entire world that doesn't like Beavis and Butthead or King of the Hill will continue to watch and tell you how awesome it is. Daria? No, I would definitely say it's Office Space, a story about a guy <laughs> who's trying a to jip people out. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm being yeah, a bitch. I'm being well a played. bitch at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Well played. Um, I just f- I find it funny that... D- this is it's not nearly as good of a a, a premise as, as office space but you can't get like that's the damn near holy grail of perfect comedy movies yeah so, it's a fantastic movie absolutely i just i just rewatched it less than 2 weeks ago cuz my wife hadn't seen it in years and i went how how do you not watch this every 6 months like i do because this <laughs> is just perfect and then she got really mad that every single time Diedrich Bader was on screen, I was saying his lines before him. Um, <laughs> all right. Shit, two chicks uh, at I once, did, man. I, I think I can make that happen. I really do. Um, Mark, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. And okay. are, are, you a, are you a technophile? Do you I, like doing computer hardware? I, I know nothing about anything with that like i'm trying to buy a new laptop and i'm already out, so out of my depth that i'm like hey josh your wife works in it have her just build me a computer thanks <laughs> like hey there you go there yeah. you go it's a that's a really smart way to go because I, I like to think i know a lot about hardware and and all that sort of stuff but really uh I, i'm an amateur at best but i did look up the stats here for what a k pro 2 has because okay. i really was curious about what wasn't why 1k compliant in that time uh, so, a K-Pro 2, which I'm assuming is what uh, Peggy has, has got a built-in monitor and a like, little tiny little squiggly cord. almost looks like an old-school landline phone cord that reaches yeah. out to its keyboard. Ridiculous-looking yeah. thing. Um, it had a 2.5 megahertz Zilog Z80 microprocessor. So, Zilog. 2.5 megahertz is ridiculous. Yeah, Zilog, Z-I-L-O-G. Love it. I love, um, like, this weird, like old future tech you know what i mean like this is what we're gonna call it like this is a computer it's got to be the blip blop 9000 no no it's a xylog i love it sorry keep going oh absolutely uh it had 64 kilobytes of ram which i'm pretty sure (laughs) i am pretty sure that is as much ram as in like uh oh god i don't i don't even know like nothing that's like half of what's in a, a a uh, a 1980s calculator watch <laughs> it couldn't hold an episode of dang old podcast like it it couldn't hold half of one of the the files i'm literally reading off of here off of google <laughs> like it couldn't even hold half of a freaking word document um it uh so it had two single-sided 191 kilobyte five and a quarter inch floppy disk drives so a drive and b drive so it was a double drive machine which is kind of cool because then you could do instant copies okay it had an 80-column green monochrome 9-inch CRT um, uh, display. So a big old 9 inches of bright freaking green monochrome. It's basically Holy a 9-inch large Game Boy screen. Um, it was praised, however, for its size and clarity. I'm pretty sure I pulled this off the Wikipedia. Okay. So apparently 9 inches of green monochrome was uh, hardcore at that time. Uh, so anyway, this, this, this K-Pro man, like, it, it is astounding. I love watching, or I love seeing uh, memes or different things that talk about just how far we've come as a species in the last 100 years. And usually it's, you know, a picture of of somebody flying the first plane, like the Wright Brothers plane, and then 60 years later we have people on the moon and all that. And just to, just to kind of put into perspective, mm-hmm. 
And then I stop and I think that this is like 30 years ago that somebody was still using a K-Pro. Somebody has to. <laughs> shit, somebody's probably still using one. My grandmother's probably got one. I think she's got like a Pentium 1 in her house. <laughs> oh, my um, God. It's Oh, it's fantastic. It's, a, it's an amazing relic that just plays DOS games. And yet, in, in such a short amount of time, we've gone from that to being able to like compress 4K data and being able to see like every little tiny nipple hair on a porn star. Like, it is astounding. It is absolutely astounding the amount that we have progressed. And we got to slow down eventually, but we're not quite there. Well, okay, they just I had two that more. deal about um, Horizon 2 or whatever, and, like, Aloy has, like, the peach fuzz that humans have. And it's yeah. like, w- dude, remember, like, fucking, like, 64 graphics? They were terrible. And the, the, the jump and yet is we still insane. went nuts. Yeah, like yeah, we still went nuts. I thought it was fantastic that I could still tell and accurately pers- like see that Sean Bean kind of looked like Sean Bean. <laughs> kind of looked in, like uh, in yeah. 007. Yeah, kind like, of looked he a legitimately bit kind like... of looked like him. <laughs> yeah, like I could delineate him, and it wasn't just the fact that like oh well I know who Ajab is because he's a short Asian guy. No, I could tell who Sean Bean was. Like I could differentiate. Mark, what's the name of the arcade they go to that's got the whack a mole machine? It's one of my pros. It is J.R.R. Tokens, and I love that that little bit. Amazing. Amazing. As the fantasy fans that you and I are, I I don't know how it took me until this time to notice that, but it did. (laughs) Um, And then, honestly, and we don't have to dive too far into this here, but the, the way that they projected Y2K to be. The way with the hoarding and with everybody freaking the hell out, and honestly... Obviously, Y2K did not happen that way, but this is a pretty like grim precursor to what we would all do with COVID and what the last two years have been. Would it's, you agree? Absolutely. This was a weird episode to watch because I remember, like, I was what? This was, like, I was 11 when this came out, like, so I was yeah. old enough to know that something was going to be really, really wrong with the world tonight at midnight. And I watched the people yeah. around me kind of panic. Like, my family didn't. My family was just cool. They were they were normal, but, like, kids at school were terrified. Like, I had teachers that were talking about, like, oh, no, these nuclear weapons are going to, going to launch themselves. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not yeah. going to be fun. Like, yeah, it was a bad deal. Yeah. And then, like, as soon as, you know, nothing happened, it it just blew over. But, every yeah, it's like you're saying with COVID. Everybody was, like, panic buying and going insane and, like, you could watch this episode right now and it's like oh they did a covid episode you know what i mean like you absolutely just the toilet just the toilet paper thing like yeah the toilet paper is what really kind of hit the nail on the coffin because i i don't think i've watched this episode since covid started since we had all these stupid weird things going on Mm -hmm. it's those those are my notes for this uh it's it's weird it's a really weird surreal episode to watch but i still enjoyed it for the most part yeah yeah i i I, I like this episode. I know that I remember way back when, when we started this and you're kind of talking about this one and you're like, I'm, I don't want to see this one because I don't like it. I'm like, shit, this is one of my favorites, I think. But it's definitely grown on me. That's for sure. That is absolutely for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Mark, do you want to jump into pros? You want me to jump into pros? Um, yeah, I've, I don't really have a lot of pros. This is one of those ones where I just sat back and watched and enjoyed it. But it's also like... Okay. I don't like, so I really like, I've said before, I like this episode a lot. And like, I don't want to just list all this shit that I like about it. You know what I mean? Cause like, duh, okay. I, I don't know. It's not compelling radio is my point, but a couple standouts for me in a very good episode. Uh, Chappie is hilarious. Yeah. But I kind of feel like they're being mean to him a little bit. Like I, I get it. Like it's a character, but like, you don't have to make him insane. You know, like you can be a sustainable human living off the grid and you don't have to be insane. I don't, I don't, I don't like, you can, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really like the way they did him. I feel like they did him a little bit dirty, but I like Chappie. Chappie is funny. I like Hank going, there's not a Mrs. Chappie is there? Like, it's great. (laughs) It's interesting to see like, uh, this is long before doomsday preppers and all that sort of stuff. So like they, I think they, (laughs) they did a pretty good job. Of Chappie, but well, I imagine yeah, Chappie's they, they like are a definitely weird, a little like, mean. I imagine he's a weird like hangover from like the Cold War. Like he would have grown up in a time when his dad was terrified of the Russians, and like he had a bomb shelter, and so he just kind of carried on with that idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is this is what would have happened if Fry had actually hung out with his dad Yancey for his entire life. 
Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. I, yes, actually, I am. That is exactly what I meant. Yeah. And I didn't even know that I meant it. Yeah. <laughs> Pro for you, Johnny. Good job. And um, Hank's trip. <laughs> like this, we get this is like the best Hank Hill trip scene ever, and I love the entire it deal. Is. I love every second of it. It's hilarious. It I is. Love, the Tom I also Landry love, mole. Yeah, Tom Landry mole. Uh, Bobby mole going. I love all of it. It's. It's good. Um, and yeah, uh, you hit one of my other ones, J.R.R. Tokens, and that was pretty... I, I like it. I like little Easter egg sight gags like that. A lifetime of watching yeah, Simpsons has made me look for signs and read every label on everything ever. And I like the King of the Hill does it too. It's it's a fun yes. little bit. Yeah. But I, I like it. It's a cool thing that you see. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't get it, you're like, why is that arcade named a stupid name? Like, yeah, Right. TV should punish you for being ignorant. That's what we're going after here, guys. It should. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll get through to my pros here. I, I have a couple of them here. Okay. Um, I think this is the first time we see Dale's stockpile. Yes. You know, how often do we really get to dig into the into Dale's think hole? Like, have we really gotten to explore any of that yet? Other we than, don't get to explore. I we just say, see little snips of it. Like, Yeah, like I want to say he helped Hank, Hank during the, the Beast episode find his social security number and all that sort of stuff. And we'll see it a couple more times, but we just really haven't gotten a chance to explore it. Not since like King of the Ant Hill when Piggy's down there yelling at him. Yeah. Um, so I, I love seeing Dale's stockpile. That's something my dad has done my entire life. He's always like, okay, make sure that you have about six months worth of canned supplies just in case. I'm like, okay. I, I've been buying canned food since I got back from Hawaii. I just, every time I get off a shift, I buy a couple cans of something. I mean, it's it's cheap. It's easy to store. Um, it's a very nice weapon if you throw it into a tube sock. There you go. <laughs> you, know, um, you can make a bomb out of a can of corn using nothing more than a can of corn and some dynamite. I I believe it. I absolutely <laughs> believe it. But you're going to get put on a list for saying that. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, probably. So <laughs> I, think argue, I think I've arguably found my... Favorite Luann laugh of the entire series. Okay. And it's Bobby and Luann are are talking to Peggy, and she's making her stupid, stupid joke about there is Noel in Christmas, but there is Noel in Noel. Yada yada. And she makes her dumbass Christmas joke, yeah. and Bobby just looks at Luann and like nudges her into the side and goes laugh. And she just goes ah. <laughs> every time I hear it. I lose my shit and it makes me so happy because it's so awkward and forced. And I'm like, oh my God, I miss you so much, Brittany Murphy, because I could just imagine what your face looks like trying to, to force this laugh out. Um, <laughs> like, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly. The exact I, yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the first introduction to Murray Hogarth. Yes, it is. And I love that every single guy that's in the propane store all know who Murray Hogarth is. It's not just Hank. It's like, oh my God, he's calling the commissioner. What? Um, the the pacing of this episode is really good. It's just, it feels very organic. It feels very natural. And I put it in prose here because it starts out relatively normal. And it, I mean, it's it's damn near picture perfect to... Three quarters of the way through the episode is when you're going to get your, your climax. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's it's the perfect, like just right up to, okay, well now I'm a little bit more unnerved and now I'm really unnerved and now I'm literally having Dale go out and find dogs for us to eat. Like, yeah, it, it goes from zero to a hundred at the perfect fucking speed, for perfect speed. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Mark, I have one issue with uh, Hank and his trip scene. Okay. Yeah, he didn't add any lacquer to his varnish. <laughs> Not a single drop. Not one single drop. <laughs> There's some deep it, cuts, Johnny. guys. There's some deep, deep cuts, guys, because that is how much Mark and I watch King of the Hill. We know that you add lacquer to your varnish. At least you should. <laughs> Give me 40 um, seconds. My... I want to see something. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'll give you an answer as to why he didn't have that lacquer in his varnish, Johnny. Okay. 
because according to askingalot.com, you don't always need to put it in there. But you should have. So, okay, I get it. This is a King of the Hill joke, and it's a funny joke between us, but I don't fucking know <laughs> why you shouldn't, like, add lacquer to varnish. So I looked it up, and this is what it says. Um, the safe approach is to bridge the two by applying a coat of shellac between the varnish and the lacquer. So there you go. You you apparently don't need to always do it. And you shouldn't okay. apply uh, automotive clear over varnish, apparently. So there we go. I learned something about no lacquer. No clear coat. Yep, no clear coat. Okay. I don't know. I just I, we always he always makes we all, you and I always make that joke, and I'm like, I get why it's funny, but I don't fucking get why it's funny. Like I haven't lacquered uh-huh. or varnished a thing like since sixth grade shop class. Like, oh yeah, yeah. It's but. it's the way my my weird ass brain works. Like it, we're Jess and I were driving home from Grand Junction yesterday and uh, listening to. Uh, the West Side Story soundtrack, because I was watching the new West Side Story, and it's fantastic. Um, that's the musical theater geek in me. And there's a there's a, there's a a song in there that where they're at a dance, and they just keep screaming the word Mambo. Oh, yeah. And uh, my stupid-ass brain that, that has, like, absolutely no memory for the ac- important shit in life just immediately, like, turned around. She's in the middle of driving, and I just went... Hey, do you think Xavier Cougat likes this? And she's like, what? I went, you know, Xavier Cougat, the Mambo King. And she went, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? And I did my best goofy impression. And she's like, how do you remember shit like that? I don't – she never understand. Never understand. Oh, man. But it's it's what makes this recording process so much fun and what doing this podcast so much fun because I get I get all my weird sillies out. Yeah, I definitely have felt that my silly levels at home are, they're declining, and I think it's helping my relationship a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Mark, uh, I feel like we've diverted a bit. Just a touch. You want to get okay. into some cons? Let's get into some cons, because I got a couple cons. Let's hear some cons. All right, number one. There is no way in hell that Hank Hill is buying triple-ply aloe vera toilet paper for Bobby's little buttonhole. It's not a thing. It's not going to happen. It's Hank Hill. Like, I'm sure that he thinks that two-ply is a touch extravagant, you know? He won't buy brand-name soda. You're absolutely right. Exactly. There's no friggin' way. And then also, con for society. The fact that we have triple-ply aloe to wipe our assholes with is just... I hate it. It (laughs) Fucking, like... Scott Shue and his quadruple ply in college, and it was like, no, no, I have to pamper my little butthole. It's shut up. Like, yeah, I hate it. Oh yeah, it's gross. Um, Hank steals propane, and that's not the con, but he throws them in the bed of his truck. Which number one, he doesn't really secure them, and that makes me kind right. of nervous. Just whatever, he's panicking. I can give it like you know the 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 mental like strain is Hank is not. He could up ruin for the flange. He could ruin the flange, man. But. So he doesn't secure them. They'd be bouncing all around the bed of his truck. But then when he – the, the actual con here is when he pulls into his driveway, there's the overhead shot. There's no tanks in that truck bed. I just – Right. We're animating – we make a point to animate Nancy's boobs, but you can't fucking draw a couple cylinders. What well, I don't know. Um, and finally, I don't think that we need the Chappie and Dale anything. I don't think we need any part of them in the um, pound. Okay. I just you think that's just a little bit, a little bit much. I really do. I really just think that like that scene jumps the shark in this episode. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I, I just don't like it. Like, it's dumb. I don't like watching this mountain man having to improv about how his wife won't like this one because it's too ropey. I just. I don't know. I don't. I don't like the okay. scene. I kind of feel like it derails the action a little bit. I feel like we're doing really well at focusing on all the panic. We don't need any laughs here, so don't give them to it's, us. It's unnecessary Dale, really, is what it is. And that's and that's my point. Yeah, it's unnecessary Dale. Yeah. I just I don't really care for it. But um, and no, then, I I would definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But I I know like it's a controversial statement because I know you love Dale. Like so. I do, but honestly, like there there are times where this almost feels like they were thirty seconds short. Like, they needed yeah. to hit their quota, and they needed to have one little extra bit. And it was like, well, we have Dale. We already have Dale being crazy and, and collecting everything and and trying to to mate animals that aren't supposed to be mated. To, like, why why the hell not? Let's step it up. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. no, I, I agree. It's unnecessary, but I think, honestly, the only reason it got shoved in there is, is for time constraint. Yeah. Because where I else just, are you going to stretch this? You, you couldn't. Like, but everything else in this episode is really, it's like you said, it's really, really well-paced. Except for mm-hmm. this bit. I don't know. It just, it derails it. And I think you're right. I think they're okay. padding for time. Like, um, how about cons from you? I don't really have a ton. I just had a couple. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, I've got, I've got, I've just got a couple here as well. Um, one of them is, it's just a personal thing here because I don't think it's very on character. Okay. And I, I, I stop and I think about how, how close attention Hank pays to, um, okay, he knows all about brand new mowers. He knows mm-hmm. all about, you know, 8,000 RPM circular saws. He knows mm-hmm. all about the brand new Mason backhoes, everything else, yada, yada, yada. Hank is, he, he stays in the loop when it comes to tools, when it comes to working implements, all that sort of stuff. Then in my mind, a computer is very much, a personal computer is very much a tool, and I'm astounded that they still have a K-Pro and a dot <laughs> matrix printer. To me, it almost seems like, okay, Hank pays so much attention to everything else. Why would he overlook this? I get that he doesn't use the computer a whole bunch at home, but he uses one at work. How in the hell can you go from using one at work to going home and going, okay, if I need to use a computer, I'm going to use my K-Pro. Like, it it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't fit very well with Hank. This is also 1999. Like, yeah. Hank wouldn't use the internet anyway now. Like, he might, like, check, you know, what discounts, like, the lumberyard was having for their weekend lumber bash or something, maybe. But, like... Right. It's 1999. We weren't always attached to screens. Hank's not a screen guy. He watches TV, but, like... I, I guess, but I have to imagine I have to imagine that Peggy is obnoxious because she is always on that. That's what she uses for her musings and all this and that. Like, I don't know. Um, let's see here. Uh, Mark, what is Dale's job? He's an exterminator. Then how in the hell does he not know the difference between a gerbil and a hamster? Because Dale's not a good exterminator. We, we, we kind of get this. <laughs> I guess. I, it's a, that's always bugged me. It is always, like, I love the joke. I love the gerbster joke. But it's always <laughs> bugged me that, like, Dale's whole job is getting rid of rodents. He should be able to delineate them. Hell, the dude got rid of a freaking Tennessee walking horse just for looking at him funny. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And then you already hit my last con in here. Sorry, I I ruined you for a second here. You got me there. It's one of those things. You can say – every now and then you can say anything, and I am not expecting that thing that you're saying right then, and it just kind (laughs) of – It hits you. It gets me. It gets me real good. Um, um, your final con. What's the, that? The the only con we've I've I've got left, and we've already hit on it a little bit, is that Dale told us in season one he doesn't eat dog. So why, like you said, why in the hell did we have a thirty second scene of him and Chappie going and finding dogs to eat? Like, yeah, he is the one that very verbatim says, or... "Don't eat dog." Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's the last of my cons I've got on there. You, uh, let's, I don't even know if I have any retro rage. Oh, I do have a retro rage here. You want to hear my retro rage? I do. Um, the idea that Hank wants to walk into the computer store, buy Peggy a computer, and then walk out with it with just getting a receipt and then paying them later. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that is some 1960s-ass shit right there. Y- yeah. That's some, and it that's just, some it, yeah. Yeah. It irritates me. Also, looking at uh, it, Peggy calling her new computer a system, and it's just one of those stupid little candy iMacs. I'm like, oh, God. I'm having flashbacks to when I was in the fourth grade, and everybody had one of those. Man, how like that's my retro reference rage is how bad I missed the, like, God damn it, I missed the way that we were, like, in 2000. We were Everything was fucking perfect, man. Like, remember that weird, like, it was the future, like, all the computers, everything had that weird, like, see-through plastic look. Like, yeah. I remember one of the schools that I went to in fourth grade, like you're talking about, like, they had th- th- this brand new computer lab all with iMacs. And it was, like, this huge selling point as to why this school was such a great school, you know? 
Like, oh yeah, God damn, I miss this. Like, I remember when that my was... grandparents got an iMac, and I don't my my uncle bought it for him for some reason. And two, like, it was like ninety nine two. It was when they came out. It was the big damn deal. Yep. And they were like, "What the hell am I gonna do with this?" Like, oh, I miss this. I miss this point. I miss this. I wish if I could go back to a time in my life, it'd be this. Because damn, man. <laughs> Just go and live there for a while. It's yeah. interesting to me that that this is this is like the right before Apple blew up. This is when IMAX were the cheap option. Yeah, like everybody had them because they were half the price of every other PC out there. And I mean, shit, everybody got to be able to do anything you wanted on them. Yeah, like so. Yeah, it, it's interesting to it's a time before Apple absolutely dominated and overcharged by about eight times what they need to for everything they make. Yeah. But uh, let's get to some favorite moments, man. I'm sure you've got a couple in here. I've only got one. Okay, what's yours? Uh, you'll, you will be begging me for Jerbster. <laughs> yep. I absolutely love that line. You know? <laughs> it's, it's a very... It's, it's such a Dale line. <laughs> How about you, ma'am? That's one of them. I love. You'll be begging me for Jerbster. Just the conviction behind it. You're gonna. Yes. Love it. Um. Yeah. No. My other one is. I already named it. It's um. Baby Bobby Mole. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then I followed up closely, and I don't know if it's a favorite moment or a con. I can't tell which one it is. But um, when they knock the clock, number one, I don't like that they kill the clock. I uh, that irritates me. It is unnecessary considering it's probably a thousand dollar clock. Yeah, he just blows that money. Like that's a very unhank thing to do. Yeah. Um, but at the very end there, when they're burning all the toilet paper, and Khan goes, "That's not for burning. That's for wipey wipey." I don't know if that's a <laughs> funny line or if they needed to stick Khan's voice in there so Toby Hudson <coughs> paid. But right. I don't know. I just whatever. It's. It'll always make me laugh no matter what, but I'm like, why is this line in here? Eh, no one fucking cares. And yeah, enjoy the toilet con paper line. bonfire. Like, that's so, oh God. But that ending too, it's just like, God, that's a bad scene. I just keep the toilet paper, yeah. man. Like, I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah, you got anything else you want to talk about with this one or you want to give her a rating? No, uh, I think uh, I'm going to dip into our rating system if you're cool with it. Oh, I'm very cool with it, buddy. Awesome. So our uh, patented rating system here is as follows. At the very bottom here, we have our charcoal episodes. These are F-rank episodes. They're terrible. They're absolutely filthy. They get the sit under your boy's fingernails, and they're not good worth watching more than one time, maybe if that. Mm -hmm. uh, charcoal episodes are just absolutely terrible. You don't go back to them. After that, we have our megalo episodes. Megalo episodes are kind of like the bronze tier uh, you get a couple of good throwaway jokes in there, but there's no real character development. You may rewatch them, but honestly, chances are, unless you're uh, high at 2 o'clock in the morning watching Adult Swim, you're just going to skip it. Our butane episodes are uh, middle-of-the-road silver-tier episodes. You got some good moments in them. Usually there's a couple of good sight gags or a couple of good character developments. And, uh, you know, if, if it pops on on your Hulu queue and you're going through King of the Hill, you'll, you'll sit there and you'll listen to it. But uh, for the most part, you're going to like kind of screw around on your phone. It's just not your favorite. Yeah. After that, we've got our Char King episodes. These are the gold standard. Char King episodes are fantastic. Lots of character development. Lots of fun jokes. Lots of really good memorable moments. And hey, you might even find a couple of meme templates in here. Uh, Char King <laughs> episodes are fantastic. And if Mark and I both rate a, an episode as a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. Uh, after that, we have our absolute tip-top S-rank Blue Flame of Valor episodes. These are the best episodes of King of the Hill. Some of them are arguably the best episodes of television in general, especially adult animation. Our Blue Flame of Valors are these unicorns that, honestly, I mean, we've seen a, a, a quite a few of them at this point, but King of the Hill really is in its golden age. We're not going to see too many more in the next couple of seasons and honestly i would argue to say that we won't see a single blue flame of valor past season six we might get lucky i am already flagging that play johnny oh who, who's our favorite bodybuilder 
Oh, that's true. Bill Bulk and the, and the Body Buddies is uh, a fantastic episode. We also have Blood and Sauce that comes up in like season eleven. So there's and that tiny, is pretty damn close. There's tiny, tiny pinpricks of hope for the future. Is my point. Yes, yes, we do. Um, so that is our rating scale. Mark, do you want to give uh, give Hellenium a rating here? Um, yeah, I I'm kind of torn between this one and usually talking to you, I can get swayed in my vote to one direction or another, and I okay. wasn't swayed today. So I got I'm giving it a Bu King. It's halfway between a Char King and Butane. It's a good episode. Okay. I really like how much Hank grows as a person in this episode. It's it's got some really good moments. Um, we didn't even talk about the Christmas presents. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I got you <laughs> yeah, a Luckman. <laughs> like, <laughs> poor Luann, like, trying her ass off to have a Merry Christmas and doesn't get it. Yep. But yeah, no, um, Buking. A lot of the, some of the scenes weren't necessary, like, um, uh, Chappie and Dale at the Pound. But then you have, you have the best trip scene in the series in... You have Tom Landry giving Hank like advice. I love it. It's great. It's that. So it's 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 such a weird like. I don't know. It's 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 divisive in my own mind. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. How about you, buddy? Sure. Uh, so I gave it a butane. Uh, okay. It's not that I hate this episode, but it's definitely not one of my favorites. Uh, and really. I think the issue is I, I almost got a little exhausted because you and I've gone through such a, a good stretch of classic episodes that this one just feels out of place. It feels very dated. You know, it, it just, it doesn't quite fit in with the rest of them. It doesn't hold the pedigree of some of the ones that you and I have watched recently. So to me, it's almost like I, I just, like the honeymoon period is over. Yeah. And we're back into just kind of regular episodes. And this is... It just, it didn't hit it like the rest of it. Now, Mark, before we move on to the next one, you had mentioned to me that you think this one is almost out of place or out of sequence, like they planned it a long time ahead. Uh-huh. But we never actually got to explore that. Well, so we're going to explore that, like, right now. So, Johnny, our next episode, oh, Old Glory. Give me an yeah. air date for that bad boy. Sure. So, our yeah, our next episode here, episode 71, Old Glory, it came out January 9th of 2000, so just after our new millennium, mm-hmm. uh, written by Norm Hiscock, and let's see here, our cast of characters for Old Glory, Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boom Hauer, Bill Dotrieve, Con Min and Connie Supanusampone, uh, Peggy Donovan, and Principal Carl Moss. Um, so this one is weird. So number number one, let's talk about some of the framing here and like some of the shit that's going on. Um, actually, you know what? No, you know what? Go ahead and give me a plot summary, and we we'll just get into this when it pops up. Like I'll get there sure. in in a second. Yeah, I'll just get there. You give sure. me a plot summary. Yeah, I will. I also I also realized that I did not give you a synopsis for the last one, which is hilarious to me. We just jumped right into it. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you can. But I, it's whatever. Yeah, I can. Yeah, we're good. Christmas okay. episode. Christmas, yeah. Uh, so our, our synopsis for Old Glory, when Peggy and Bobby get in trouble for plagiarism, they turn to Bill's newly retired American flag to get them out of a jam. Yep, good enough. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, our A story is Peggy and Bobby. We have a kind of a weird B, B subplot A story with Bill that eventually works its way in. Yeah, it's, but it's uh, not okay, a, so talk, it, talk to me a little bit here, Mark. All right, so here we go. I got a... It's not problems, but like I got a lot of problems. So... Number one, um, this this is why I think that this one is out of sequence, or like Hellenium, ju- they just dumped it in. The biggest glaring problem for me is what is Peggy writing Bobby's essay on? It's her fucking K-Pro. It is. I noticed that. I literally, yeah. it's in my cons here. Like so she like, just got her new computer. Yeah, so she just got it, right? Um it's also suddenly summertime again. I know we talk I know we're like willing to give Texas a pass for like what they're like wearing and stuff because of Texas physics. But like right. they have cold weather outfits that they all wear. Like Bobby will put on pants. Like it's the thing that they all have. And suddenly now it's just, you know, beautiful. It's, it's just beautiful. It's like, this is not jet. We, we just came out of Hellenium and it's like, they're all in their, you know, winter gear. And then the next week they're not. Um, And finally, like Bobby shouldn't be like halfway through a semester of school at this point. Right. I don't know. Right. But so I really think that they had written Hillenium like they just wrote it. And we talked a lot about how like Fox 
Major League Baseball uh, screws up the like the cue of how episodes of TV get released. So I yes. think that like they wrote Hillenium. They were they said we're gonna have this here anyway, but they made a point to drop it like the last episode of the year, and then they just threw it didn't it didn't matter. They didn't have like um, a timeline for anything else. They just dumped it. But that's that's my point. Okay. Yeah, it's just this is really weird and out of sequence. Or maybe this isn't weird and out of sequence, because we do this every single fucking season where, like, the timelines don't match up. Like, last season three, my problem was Luann's hair was the indicator. Like, Yes. So maybe this is what King of the Hill does. Maybe they just, they don't give you, I don't know. But if you're going to have a Christmas episode and then immediately after it, like, oh no, everyone's back in school and it's a bright, sunshiny day, like, I don't know. I don't like it. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, it's they could have fixed a lot of this with one. They could have added one line. Okay. All they need to do is say something about President's Day. Bobby's writing a, an essay about the flag because of President's Day. There you go. You know. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We've established it's now February. It's uh, like a month and a half has passed. You still have the problem with Peggy's computer, but I don't know. You and I, we we're looking at this through the lens of somebody who is living in the 2010s, 2020s, where every single TV show is now canonical. And it is all like one linear line and it all has a very specific place. Like, I think you and I tend to forget yeah. sometimes that yeah. sitcoms didn't necessarily do that. But that does not always give it a pass because King of the Hill is better than that most times. <laughs> no, they're not. They're very clearly proving that they're not better than that. Like, they can't get their fucking timing down right ever. Like, what? Company Man in season two was a season one. Um, All of Luann's hair in season three. Now this stuff, like... The, okay. the I don't know. You know what it's like? Okay, you know in Dark Tower when Father Callahan is talking about like how he would switch realities in New Jersey? Yes. And he would have to look at the money. Yeah, and the money was what like that was his like anchor point to see where the what reality was in. So that's what we're getting. Right. Every season we have a different anchor point in reality. Is Lu- so like season three is Luann's hair. Now season four is going to be Peggy and the Capro and the iMac. Like that's that's what this interesting. Is. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm into it. <laughs> All right, but enough of that. I got a shitload of notes. We gotta let's let's get to some notes, man. Number one, um, this might be a con, and it's still a con. It'll be a con in the next episode, too. Spoilers, guys. Buckley's still in the credits. Is he? Yeah, he drops Luann off on his motorcycle. It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was weird. My best ideas come to me in the, sh- my best ideas come to me in the shower with a can of beer. Just throwing okay. that out there. Peggy says that, I think, or Hank Instead does. Instead of really Coco? Sh- yeah. Oh, that's, that's what it, god damn, thank you, dude. I'm I'm failing you today. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's, um, it's we're, we're yeah. just we're the same wavelength. <laughs> um yeah, no. My best ideas come to me in the shower after work with while I have my shower beers and then I cry so God can't see the tears through the water. Um not Coco, Bobby. That's real weird. Um I bet you Okay, I want to I want to talk to you about this for a second here. I bet you Peggy yeah. Hill would have a shitload of Twitter followers. Probably. If, if if King of the Hill took place in 20... We'll call it 2015. 20, we'll call it 2014, right? Um, Peggy would have a ton of... Well, first it'd be Facebook. She would be like... Okay. She would make the point to have a ton of Facebook friends, but then she would like become prolific on Twitter when she found out, wait, you mean I can just blast my musings in 180 characters to whoever? She'd have a shitload of followers, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, finally, we have a sighting of a Boomhauer bastard at lunch when the kids are eating. Do we? Yeah, and I think I even took a picture of it. I'm making a point to take pictures of all the bastards that I find. Okay. And I totally didn't take a picture of that bastard. Sorry, buddy. That's okay. Anyway, glossing over. <laughs> um. Yeah, how about you? You got any weird notes for me or you want to kick into pros? I do. Or? Okay. Uh, no, so I got I got a couple notes, and it's hilarious. My very last one I realized is going to solve our problem of when this takes place on the timeline. Um, so, first note here. Apparently, Peggy is not the only sub who grades other people's work. Because yeah. Donovan is also grading people's work. And I went, okay, Mark and I brought this up a couple of times now. This is really weird, but okay, we'll go for it. Maybe she's a long-term sub. Well, I think she is, because I, I think they're backdooring her into, like, an actual teaching position, and that's why Peggy's so upset, right? 
because she got yeah. her master's. That must be it. Yeah. And um, I know, like, a lot of, like, schools down here will do that. Like, they'll hire a long-term sub or whatever, like, the student teacher, and then, like, they'll just backdoor them into a permanent position. But They will. Yep. Yeah. Um, so for our non-American listeners, there is a very famous recreation of a, of a picture that the guys do when they're putting up Bill's, uh, flag. Yes. And I just found it very interesting. It's the recreation of the Iwo Jima flag raising. Now, Mark, remind me again, because I am a little rusty on my, my cotton history here. Cotton was not at Iwo Jima, right? He was Okinawa? Okinawa, yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure because he says he was like, though. I, I feel like he probably does. I mean, Cotton. He was in a lot. I want to say in that stuff, unfortunate but. son episode or the Veterans Day episode, he talks about being on Iwo Jima. Okay. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Did we talk about Donovan at all and who the guest star is? No, we have not. So, so number one, Donovan. Who's Donovan? She's the. The new shitty sub who got her fancy masters and now is outclassing Peggy at every Peggy, step. <laughs> yeah, she's pissed off that Peggy took her parking spot underneath uh-huh. the tree. Uh-huh. Um, Peggy Donovan is Heather Locklear, okay. who is uh, a, a random ass uh, that really should be in retro rage because I haven't heard the name Heather Locklear in 20 years. <laughs> like she is uh, was a former celebrity that has just now been blasted into obscurity because nobody gives a shit. Because people forgot to watch Wayne World, Wayne's World, Johnny. That's why. I guess. There is a God. Heather, be thy name. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but I do find it funny. She's reading a book at one point when Peggy is talking to her in the teacher's lounge. That yes, is she is. by Monsignor Martinez. I saw that. I made a note of it. Yes. And I'm glad you hit it. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So my very last note here. Peggy makes a comment to Hank. Hey, have you checked out the paper today? And he goes, no, I haven't yet. Because she bought the ad space and has put her musings in and Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. What does Hank immediately say when he picks up the paper? Oh, God, what is it? Oh, look, it's Frank Gorshin's birthday. Frank Gorshin was the Riddler, you know. (laughs) Yep. So, Mark, according to the Wikipedia, guess when when Frank Gorshin was born? When? April 5th. Fuck. So, this now takes place four months after, and she still has her damn K-Pro. <laughs> <laughs> it seems asinine that we're going this far into it, but Frank Gorshin lived from 1933 to 2005. That he died is some... at the age of 72. God damn, you are some Sherlock Holmes shit today, man. That is amazing. Good for you, buddy. Right? Yeah, he Thank worked uh, worked on the Ed Sullivan show. He worked on tonight's to the to the Tonight Show, the original one with Steve Allen, and he was the Riddler and was nominated for an Emmy for the Batman Riddler. And this is like um, Adam West Riddler, yeah, in the '60s. So, gotta love Frank Gorshin. I find it hilarious that Hank really enjoys apparently 1960s campy Batman. I bet he does. Yeah, I bet it's like a weird guilty pleasure for him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so those those are my notes, man. Do you want to jump into pros? Um. Yeah, I don't have a ton of pros again. Um, okay. Peggy went the Republican route of... We talked... So last episode in Hellenium, we're talking about how this is a really odd precursor to COVID. And now this this episode is a really weird precursor to, like, our current state of as, as a nation. Right. Where she, instead of making points, she just harps on nationalism and, like, this gross feeling of American exceptionalism. And that's what's wrong with this now, because instead of fixing our problems, we talk about how fucked up everybody else around us is. I thought it was funny that this one kind of foretold the future a little bit. I mean, it's not oh, foretelling. Yeah. This happens all the time, but, like, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's she's doing the Lois Griffin, where she walks up and wants to be the Republican nominee and just keeps saying Republican positive things. Yeah. 9-11 was bad. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the flag. I like Peggy trying to get the flag into the truck. I, I It's a funny right. little bit for me. I don't like the flag story. I think it's really stupid. Um, I think it's unnecessary. Okay. Whatever. Like, I like the bit of, like, she packs up and she's trying to fold it and it just flumps down into it. I think that was funny. Right. Um... I also like how fucking dumb and detached uh, Carl Moss is in this. Like, 
I know you hate him, and I don't like him, but he's kind of funny in this one. Just like, oh, I guess Bobby's going to read an essay or something. Like, he doesn't know. He doesn't care. He's just there being an right. ineffective administrator. And I don't know why, but it I, I liked it this time. Okay. And then finally, well, that's a... No, that nope. Um, the Bill and Con flag fight, and then Bill's flag scream in defense of it. <laughs> when he's like, I haven't he's, heard, he's I topless. Haven't heard he's naked. Bill's hair tie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's definitely a pro for me. Yeah, that's a that's a big pro for me. Um, how about you, buddy? Give me some. Give me some more of your pros. Um, I don't have a whole lot on here. Uh, I really enjoy, it's not a favorite moment, but I really like that the writers have honed in on a couple of things. Um, Peggy distracting Hank by going, is the grout cracking around the tub? Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> I, that to me is hilarious because it's it's almost a callback to, um, God, what is it? Is it season one where he's talking about, um, this Keeping is supposed to have Joneses. a 20 year... Yeah, this is supposed to have a 20-year warranty, and it's mm-hmm. only been 18 years. Where's that receipt? <laughs> you know, that's, it, this, would me, be that 20, this would be 20 years, though, at this point now, because it's two years later in the, Hank, or in the King of the Hill timeline. So that, that 20-year-old yeah. grout is actually cracking. Son of a bitch. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I really like that the, as far as, as stakes go... Uh-huh. For any other normal human, this is not a big thing. It's not a big thing to go, oh, well, you're not going to get your substitute teacher of the year award. You're, you're going to have to go and apologize to everybody in front of the school, and it's going to be humiliating and yada, yada, yada. If they're not very high, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, what's what am I going to do? I'm just not going to teach at Tom Landry anymore. I'm going to go and do the nine other middle schools that are in Arlen because it's freaking huge. Yeah. Um, but for Peggy, they know that the stakes are high. They know that this is such a big deal for her. And the fact that they have centered an entire episode around it makes me laugh. <laughs> so it's a pro for the, the writing staff in this, that they took such a weird, banal, like, concept and turned mm-hmm. an entire episode into it. Good on you guys. This is some weird niche shit. Yeah. Yeah. But those, those are my pros. There wasn't okay. a lot of them in this. Yeah. I, I don't like this episode. I don't mind. I don't mind just coming out and saying it like, I have a, I, just all of it doesn't make sense. I also looked it up. You know, the biggest flagpole you can buy is uh, 20 feet. Really? No 90 yeah. footers? Nope. I, I went to uh, both Home Depot and Lowe's just to be triple okay. sure. And now the biggest one they sell is like 20 feet. But okay. I, I, just, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, There's that whole, okay. You can't tell me that like anything that they're doing with the flag is legal. Like. Right. And, and I mean, in terms of like getting a 90 foot pole and hanging it up in a residential area, like there's no, that's got to violate some type of something like. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. It just I thought that was dumb. But we get the flag scene with them having fun and Dale hanging off of it. So I guess whatever. But um, it's well, an I essay. like, I... huh? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, well, just before we before you transition to essay, I'm looking outside my window here, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at my uh, my power pole that's in my backyard. Yeah. That is maybe 30 feet. Yeah, that's, yeah. My issue here is, okay, you want a flagpole that is three times higher and made out of aluminum. Just the lightning capacity in Texas where it rains a shitload. <laughs> like, that to me seems like the problem. Like, yeah, where did it's... you guys get the 90-foot number? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, y- y- essays. No, I'm just, I'm just bitching. I'm, I kind of like did a sloppy transition into cons here, but I kind of feel like we were there already. No, like just the whole everything about it. It's just such a dumb. There's. It's essays. Who the hell cares? And also, what do 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 they like parade kids in schools to like read their essays in front of assemblies and shit? Like, it, right. I don't know. None of it makes sense to me, like, or it makes sense, but it just doesn't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, Have we I don't, found our, our, Huh? oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I got nothing. I'm like so disappointed in this episode that it's making me ramble. Oh, uh, no, I was going to say, have we found our, uh, our moment in season four already where Bobby is good at something or at least allegedly good at something? No. Because they make him out to be this like written genius. No, I don't think so. I think that, no, because he's not. Like, he's not actually displaying the aptitude for it. He just is 
it's just the plot of it, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, let's let's get to favorite moments then, because the only other thing I've got in here is it's a con that Hank would absolutely know that they were the ones that screwed up the flag, because Hank keeps meticulous like watch on his truck and mm-hmm. watches the mileage and all this and that, and he would notice. Okay, uh, those are my tire treads on Bill's flag. What the hell? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. To me, it's you guys have already established that Hank is already kind of a. a, a like, he's got a bug in his ass for attention to detail like this. So uh, it doesn't matter if you're distracting him with grout. He would figure it out. <laughs> or he's real upset about that grout. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man. <laughs> um, or anything, any, any other, uh, pff, Jesus Christ, any other thoughts or? Um, I have a, f- a favorite moment in this. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> It just makes me laugh. Uh, it's all about uh, how Clark Peters likes to knit. Mm-hmm. And then Donovan just looks at Peggy and goes, the Clark Peters I know likes to burn things. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, it just, I always get a chuckle out of it because I can just imagine Clark Peters like finding a ball of yarn and just going, I wonder how long this is going to burn. <laughs> But what if Clark's a really sensitive kid who, like, actually, like, if you just gave a pair of knitting needles, like, could quilt you a goddamn tapestry of inner pain and antihistamines? Like, I don't, I don't know. think he knows how to knit, Mark. <laughs> that, that's my favorite <laughs> moment of this episode is you doing that. <laughs> I, I, Clark Peters is, like, my favorite impression ever. Um, you got any favorite moments, buddy? Um, I've got two. Um, I already called one of them Bill's topless flag screen. And then yep. after they've run over the flag and it's wrapped around the axle and like Peggy's inching forward and you can hear the rips and her face keeps getting worse and worse. And she's like, oh God, oh yep. God. And like, we're actively seeing this happen. And then Bobby went, and you're free. Yep. I like the Bobby's foley on that is free. amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a really, it's a, Boy, that's a solid gold nugget in this turd of an episode, I think. But yeah, absolutely. You wanna you wanna rate her, buddy? Uh, I think we should. So on a scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor, I gave Old Glory a megalo. Okay. To me, this is uh, I did not really care for it. It almost felt like a chore to watch. Uh, there is almost nothing that's really redeemable redeemable is the wrong word here there's almost nothing that's enjoyable about this episode like yeah i'm gonna give them like i said i'm gonna give the writers props they took a really weird ass concept and stretch it into a whole episode and that takes some skill but you know it just is not a very entertaining episode this is probably the lowest point of season four so far for me Mm -hmm. i'm with you i don't know how many megalos i've given out at this point but it's not not many yeah, no, not not many, no. But yeah. So how about you, man? Um. Also, I gave it a megalo. Uh, there's really not a lot to it. Like you're saying, it was a kind of a chore to watch. When I watch King of the Hill again, I bet I skipped this one. Yeah. Like, there's nothing in there that's God, really just Bill. The only thing that redeems this episode is Bill topless in front of the flag screaming. Because I tweet that every year for Fourth of July is Happy Fourth. Like. Oh yeah, that's the only thing. That we or get out Dale of this losing his hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dale riding the pole and losing his hat. That always gets a chuckle out of me. Yeah, I like Dale's shenanigans, but I don't know. I feel like we're definitely seeing more and more that they just rely on Dale to like. He's got to be the funny one. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But well, um, we should probably get out of here, buddy. We got a pair of megalos, and yeah, I don't know. Hillenium was good. I liked Hillenium, but um, before yeah, we, we take had, we off, yeah, we had a butane and a, yeah, yeah megalotane and <laughs> megalotane. Um, yeah, you. So before we go, uh, Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Uh, Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? Yeah, I still love King of the Hill. It's good. You can't win them all. They can't all be beer can named desire and that's fine we need to appreciate i'm kind of glad i got to hate yeah. a little bit i can, you you know like you were talking about how we have we've had such good episodes lately i kind of missed being hateful and spiteful like this is good like, it's nice to be critical for a minute yeah i kind of like getting bitchy a little bit it's nice but uh yeah you want to tell those good people where they can find us 
I absolutely do. Uh, the good people of internet and podcast land can find us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you guys for following and retweeting and re- re-instagramming, whatever the hell the hell that shit is. Um, I appreciate it. Um, you can find us at Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us at dangolpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, and you can give me a follow if you are so inclined at KrautBallStream. That is Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in uh, a river of water that you can occasionally find gold nuggets in. How about you, Mark? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't I'm really know. I'm struggling for these sometimes. Every now I'm really and then. struggling sometimes. That's good too, because I like it when you struggle a little bit more, because it's funnier that way, because you're trying so hard to not make a pee joke. Um, it's, I really am. You can find me at my other podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh discuss a variety of topics that we find interesting and compelling, and our listeners seem to like us too. Uh, you can also find me at Great Greek Buffalo on Instagram, and I never update that one, because I'm putting all my effort into dangle podcast instagram and then you can also find me at marky stardust on twitter and uh, i think that's it let's get out of here mark thank you for listening and have a wonderful day thanks for listening guys take care